0: Since 2010, many of us Montana residents, business owners, sportsmen and women, and conservationists join forces under the banner of Montanans for Healthy Rivers to identify and conserve the last best free-flowing rivers in Montana. Some of the greatest river stewards and boots on the ground helping to protect our rivers day in and day out are guides. From a guiding perspective, I can tell you that sustainability and preservation is my ultimate goal. My name is Kinsley Scott. I'm a Montana native and guide, and I have been with Montanans for Healthy Rivers for years now. Welcome to River Ramble Guides Edition. In this series, we will hear from guides and outfitters from across the state in various regions of the proposed grassroots legislation Montanans for Healthy Rivers Coalition is currently fighting for. The Crown of the Continent proposal would protect 200 river miles in the heart of Montana, and the Montana Headwaters Legacy Act would preserve an additional 336 miles of river within the pristine Greater Yellowstone ecosystem. Today we are joined by veteran outfitter and former Whitewater guide, Brian McGeehan. Brian is here representing the Boulder and West Boulder Rivers. His company, Montana Angler, has an outpost along the main stem of the boulder, and this area could receive 45 miles of protection in total. He shares with us why safeguarding these ecosystems
1: is so important. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Good, Kinsley. How are you doing? I am doing well. How's everything in Bozeman?
2: You know, we're enjoying a nice winter. Uh, Could use a little more snow, as as, as always, this time of year. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, things are going well.
1: Awesome. Good to hear. Yes, the snow, I'm hoping it's coming. We can definitely use it across the state, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, but uh, it's not too bad. It's a little low in the valleys and uh, up in the mountains. That's uh, still, still pretty solid snowpack, and skiing's getting pretty good these days.
1: Great to hear. So today we are focusing on a true gem of a river system within the Montana Headwaters Legacy Act. The Boulder and West Boulder Rivers, located in south-central Montana, could gain 45 miles of protection. And who better to bring awareness to this area of the world than Brian? Brian has been a guide since 1995 and is an owner and outfitter of Montana Anglers. He has an operation and Outpost along the Boulder River, so he is well versed on this river system. So Brian, for those that don't know you, can you please tell us a little bit more about yourself?
2: Yeah, sure, Kinsley. Uh, as you as you mentioned, uh, I'm a, a you know fishing outfitter in our, our business Montana angler. We we operate um, southwestern Montana, central Montana, 20 rivers probably when you add them all up, and lots of lots of mm-hmm. small waters. But yeah, the Boulder is definitely um, you know in our wheelhouse. We do have a a small kind of all inclusive operation over there where that caters to up to six guests. And so, yeah, we're on, we're on the boulder, uh, you know, sharing that experience with, uh, folks, um, throughout the season and, uh, you know, it definitely holds a special place in our heart.
1: Absolutely. So Brian, how long have you been in Montana? My wife, Anne and I moved to Montana. Uh,
2: I think it was 2002. You know, we came here for, uh, I was already, you know, guiding at the time and, uh, both of us were teachers and we were just looking for a place as uh, starting a, you know, a place we could settle down and start a family. And, and we mm-hmm. just loved all the amenities. i would traveled to Montana uh, numerous years in the past just for my own personal recreating and just loved the amenities that um, the region has to offer, and all the outdoor activities. And, of course, um, the great fishing was at the top of the list.
1: Yeah. So I know you had mentioned you guys have an extensive you know, reach as far as your guiding goes on 20 rivers or so. But for you, what rivers do you spend most of your time on these days? From
2: about the boulder, um, you know, we fish one other river to the east fairly commonly the Stillwater, uh, but not mm-hmm. as often because it's a little bit further of a drive. So the boulder, the Yellowstone River, uh, which the Boulder um, mm-hmm. is a tributary of, you know, is one of our staples at and. 50 miles of that water that we fish. You know, the Madison is another really common one, mm-hmm. a little bit on the Gallatin, which is really close to us, but, but smaller. Uh, we fish Yellowstone Park. It, it, here, it's all about variety. We're, we're really lucky. There's so many different fisheries, the Spring Creeks by Livingston, from about the Jefferson River, south to Yellowstone Park, north to the Missouri west of the Jefferson. We do the big hole a little bit. That's that's also mm-hmm. the edge of our sort of zone. And then, you know, about as east as the Stillwater. So, but the Boulder, you know, when it's fishing well, we're, that's that's definitely one that we like to spend time on. It's not for everybody, but for the, you know, the right folks, it's a, it's a really fun experience.
1: Well, I admittedly am born and raised in Montana and I have never been to this area of the world. So not only for myself, but for those listeners that aren't familiar with this area, can you give us a geographic location of where we're kind of talking today
2: yeah, so the the Boulder River is essentially um I don't know if you call it a box canyon it's a the it flows from from north to south it's the headwaters are just north of the most remote part of uh, well one of the most remote parts of Yellowstone National Park and then northern um boundary, so it starts in the a wilderness mm-hmm. area that absorb a Tooth wilderness. And um it it kind of essentially divides uh the Absaroka Mountains and the Bear Tooth Plateau at its headwaters. And <clears throat> it flows north and, and then it ends in the town of Big Timber, which is on Interstate 90, and it basically flows due north for most of its course. Uh so for you know our larger towns, it's about halfway between Bozeman and, and Billings. So, you know, it's it's still in the mountainous region, but in the eastern end of the mountainous region. And uh, for most of the, the length of the boulder river, as it's flowing north um it's in it's in the mountains, it's kind of bisecting you know, those two ranges uh, and it's it's a swift pocket water river uh timbered um, in the upstream and then there's a there's a dramatic change uh when it exits the the absorka front there. And it goes through a. There's a national uh, monument there called the Natural Bridge, which is quite unique, mm-hmm. where the river actually goes through a hole, and and goes underground, and then pops out halfway in the middle of the cliff, and it's really dramatic. Uh, the highest flows on a really big snow year when things are melting, and it's fastest, it'll go over the top as well and form like a double waterfall. Um, And from that point down, from the natural bridge down, it it enters uh, for the last reach, um, which is, you know, about 20 miles to the town of Big Timber. Uh, It opens up and it becomes a little more um, agricultural, kind of rolling hills, hay bales, you know, and uh, with the mountains, you know, uh, close by. And uh, most of the course of the boulder is true to its name, it's the pocket water river. It's a freestone, so it's got really big flows when the snow melts, mm-hmm. and it drops to really low levels uh, by late in the summer. Um, so it's got a huge range of flows, and it's an important spawning tributary there of the the Yellowstone River.
1: Absolutely. So kind of separating the two, you described the boulder. How would you describe the West Boulder River in comparison?
2: Yeah, the West Boulder is also um, has... A couple of sections um, there's there's a pocket water section that looks like a miniature version of the boulder. it's you can't really float the west mm-hmm. boulder. It's you know you can float the main boulder for a few weeks every year, you know uh, June, of course, when it's really high, but then from a fishing standpoint, about late June through most of July, and usually by August it's dropped in flows uh, on a really big snow year. You might be able to float it all through August. Uh, but the West Boulder is a wade fishing stream. the The lower reaches are are mostly through private lands. It's kind of hard to access. But in that stretch, you know, the as it come, tumbles down the main boulder, it's small pocket water. And then uh, as you go up into the national forest, there's a a, a meadowed section, which is which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Sort of technical. Um, they have a lot of time to see your flies. Um, and and but some nicer size fish in there with those lower gradients. And then. And then as you go continue up, it gets steep again, uh, but still pretty good fishing, some big kind of rock holes and whatnot, and uh, good action um, all the way up until it just becomes a real, real small trickle at the headwaters.
1: We're talking about today protecting 12 miles from the headwaters down to the wilderness boundary on the West Boulder River and on the boulder itself, 33 miles from the source to the Custer-Gallatin National Forest Boundary at that natural bridge falls that you had spoke of. So we're talking about some big, big doings here, 45 miles of protection in total here. So, Brian, let me ask you, why is this area of the world special to you?
2: It's a really gorgeous, you know, physically to start with. Um, it's very dramatic, you know, big. It's it's everything you dream of when you try to kind of close your eyes and think of, a, you know, the Rocky Mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, the water itself is it runs clear uh most of the year even even when the river's really high you know it's got a lot of clarity to, to it and you've got you know just these this this fast flowing fr- you know mountain river and and then uh framed in these towering mountains and timbered slopes and rich in wildlife you know uh, there's the grizzlies mm-hmm. and wolves and mountain lions and sheep, you know, everything, everything you think of, um, you know, Montana being famous for is in that system. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's very special. It's, it's that the whole, uh, ecosystem is, and, and I think it's also nice. It's a long drive from any big town. Um, mm-hmm. our towns are getting bigger by the year, um, in places like Bozeman, you know, Billings or, but, but to go way up into the, he- the national forest waters of the headwaters of the Boulder, I, you're looking at at least a two hour drive from, from either Billings or Bozeman. And so you, you, you get a little bit out of the, the zone of I'm going to run there for the day. Um, so there's some beautiful campgrounds up in the national forest. There's a small little dude ranch up there. And, but that's about it. A uh, couple couple camps, Uh, It's just, and then eventually you kind of get to the end of the road. It it gets more and more rugged and turns into a pretty fierce Jeep road before you hit the the final trailhead. And, and so you really need to want to be up there uh, and, and most, you know, to really enjoy it. You tend to be camping. um, We're spending a couple days and, uh, and then I think that's, that that adds to the experience. Um, It's not, it's not anybody's, like, backyard river, I guess. It's uh, a little different mm-hmm. than maybe, you know, the rivers close to Missoula or close to Bo- Bozeman or close to Kalispell. It's a, it's a little bit of a haul for anybody to go up there to enjoy it.
1: Sounds like it's completely worth it, uh, you know, with spectacular views of the Barracuse Mountains and the Crazy Mountains. It sounds like a very unique and gorgeous place with a lot of opportunity, a lot of different opportunity uh, for recreators, anglers, et cetera.
2: Yep yep and um you know we, of course we 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 love it for the fishing but there's uh, there's you know some famous whitewater runs in there for kayakers um mm-hmm. you know there's a real extreme you know kayak run in there that's uh, pretty well known and um so it, 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 yeah and the, the whole valley you know hiking and the horseback riding and and just uh, just great camping camped along the river this is a, is a great experience we go up there a lot of times for memorial day weekend just to
1: Kind of keeping on this theme of trying to protect these special places, Brian. How do you share important conservation issues facing Montana? Sure. You know,
2: um, obviously, our livelihood depends on um, you know the quality of the experience Mm -hmm. at these places, and not just the not just the water quality, but the the recreation quality, the overall experience, and that's what we've you know, that's what we built our life around. And Mm -hmm. our philosophy is, is first and foremost, we want to share that experience. Um, At the end of the day, the more people appreciate what these special places have to offer, uh, the more allies we have and, you know, setting, setting some boundaries and it's got to be balanced, you know, Um, the West will continue to develop as more people move here for, for the recreation that we offer. Mm-hmm. But if we if we understand how special these places are and if we can share that with people and they realize how special it is, you know, then when we have these these kind of wise approaches to have a, you know, balanced protections, I think they gain support. Um, and so that's, that's our f- first and foremost. We just want to share these places so that people can mm-hmm. see them and experience them in first person, and then and then we do want to share important notices uh, when there are opportunities for folks to comment. And so, you know, we have a newsletter, we, we email, we have a, a wide newsletter base, and uh, so you know, we'll we'll from time to time reach out to our our clients to ask them to chime in and provide mm-hmm. their own thoughts. Um, and we recently had a big process uh related to recreation of the Madison River not too far away and 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 we asked our clients to to do that and and you know the the at the end of the day um our public voice matters, and everybody's voice mm-hmm. matters and and so but everybody's busy, so we feel kind of feel an obligation to inform people let people know uh Hey, you know this is something uh, we know you care about because you come out and visit these places. You probably have places like it, you know, in your own homes. And um, I think once people are notified of it, they want to participate. Uh, they're happy to lend their voice, and and uh, that's 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 our philosophy in terms of uh, helping to spread the message.
1: Well, that is awesome, and you are doing just that today by helping me out with the Boulder West Boulder River here uh, under the Montana Headwaters Legacy Act. So that's Fantastic, so Brian, if this bill is passed, how do you see this area benefiting from this protection?
2: For all those reasons i mean the the these kind of protections um, mm-hmm. they provide that balanced approach you know they they don't um, stop development, but they help guide it um, you know they set some additional it's just a higher level of awareness for mm-hmm. these special places, and at the end of the day, they bring attention that. You know, our resources, our special resources, they've got a lot of value. They've got a lot of value to our, our economy here in Montana. You know, tourism is our mm-hmm. our biggest driver of our economy, and people come to visit Montana for the outdoor recreation that it provides. Um, and so from an economic reason, we need to safeguard these special places that attract people from far and wide and different countries and different states and then of course uh, there's our own, you know, quality of life, and for those of us that are lucky enough to live here, uh, we we want to be able to and you know have our grandkids enjoy a high quality of recreation on our public lands, and and so you know this is this is what these this does.
1: Yes, it, and too, with you know the wild and scenic protection that federal designation it protects the entire ecosystem. So I know you know through this podcast we've been focusing on kind of the waters, the fisheries, things of that nature, but it really truly is going to protect the entire thoroughfare and ecosystems that we're talking about. Brian, kind of furthering your commitment to sending out newsletters and getting clients involved, I was wondering if you could share a quick story off the top of your head in which a client mirrored or demonstrated conservation ethics through your teaching. And this doesn't even have to be a client this could be perhaps um your kiddos
2: yeah you know um i i i think the experience that we are we're still involved in um with the madison river it was was certainly a moment that we were really uh, an experience that we're really proud of um and in the madison mm-hmm. the we've gone through a a process that's well it's been something that folks have looked at for decades uh, on that river, but mm-hmm. in the last two years, there's been a lot of work on developing some recreation plans, um, and uh, and so there, it's conservation, but more of trying to conserve the experience, and should we, you know, should we set any limits on, you know, how many boats go down the river and things like this, and, I, uh, you know, it was a very enriching experience. Um, it took a lot of time, a lot of people that care about that system participated, Mm -hmm. different vantage points. Um, but, in and to answer your question, you know, um, collectively through some of these newsletters that we notified a lot of the people that over the last, you know, two decades, you get to know them, they become friends and, and, uh, you, you know, they love the experience, it's special to them and, and giving, inviting them into the process. And uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, they would send us, here's what I sent, you know, uh here's my public comment and just getting to read their voices and what, you know, that system meant to them and, and how valuable it was in their lives. And, and for some of them, it, they only come out for 3 or 4 days a year or sometimes every other year but you, you through the richness of their comments you realize just how special that experience is you know they come out with their friends and their family members and it's their opportunity to put their normal life on pause and just be in this sort of magnificent setting and uh and so that was was really special and really eye opener for me how many people really do care how many people want to participate and, and and it makes a difference, you know, every, every one of those voices kind of adds up and they were listened to, and we made some progress, um, you know, in positive directions. Um, so I I think, uh, that's not maybe one individual person, but, but more of a collective experience, but it's sort of fresh in my mind. Um, I spent so much time, you know, participating in that process. Uh, It's still, it's still uh, fresh and we still have work to do there, but hopefully that answers your question, Kinsley.
1: Yeah, it is a collective effort and every little bit counts. So that is the perfect segue into the last question I have for you today. If you had a message for folks right now or could encourage others listening to take action, what would that be? Yeah, you know, I think,
2: Sometimes we we in an ever polarized world, you know, um we sort of use things when it comes to the environment as either pro environment or 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 pro economy, pro-business. Mm-hmm. And 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 if you're not careful, you can have the assumption that those two things are are mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um and really really they're not. Uh, I, I think there needs to be a bigger voice that Hey, we these special areas, they, they've got a lot of value. And they've got a lot of value to the, to our economy. And mm-hmm. you know, the that is so you can be pro business and pro pro conservation um mm-hmm. as well. And and certainly here in Montana, we strongly believe that is true, that the protecting the the, the health of our rivers and their surrounding ecosystems uh, in a balanced way has really underpins, uh, you know, a, a huge amount of jobs for people. And certainly, mm-hmm. um, you know, our business we we've got chefs that work at fishing lodges, and you know, housekeepers, and people working in fly shops, and 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 fishing guides, you know, sharing their experience on the river every day. And those are those are great you know, uh, forms of occupation for folks there. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, the ripple effects and the hotels and the restaurants and the, you know, um, the benefit from, uh, from the this experience that people come here for. And, and, and so they go hand in hand. It, it, it's, it's, uh, it's always frustrating to me when, when we view them as, as opposite ends of the spectrum and, the, and mm-hmm. oppositional to each other, they, they shouldn't be oppositional. Um, we should, we should carefully, have you know careful development you know protections um to guide development in a in a sustainable way that still allows us to to safeguard these outdoor recreational experiences that people come here for and if we do that then we'll have a burgeoning recreation economy for decades to come and and this will be a wonderful place for people to live and when we have our time off we'll we'll still have these places to go and spend in the outdoors and share with, you know, her grandkids someday.
1: And the beauty of all of this is that protection knows no party lines. So whatever side of the fence you are on, like you said, this is important not only from a business aspect of things, but also for just the quality of life that we seek here in Montana.
2: Yep, absolutely. And and we've had um we've had some pretty good bipartisan, you know, victories in that lane um recently. Mm-hmm. So we hope we hope to see that continue in the future.
1: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more, Brian. And I want to thank you so much for joining me here today. I really appreciate you standing up for the boulder and the West Boulder River. The protection could be monumental.
0: From all of us here at Montanans for Healthy Rivers, thank you for tuning in. If you would like to learn more about the Crown of the Continent proposal, the Montana Headwaters Legacy Act, and to join our efforts, please visit HealthyRiversMT.org to add your endorsement.